Hello, welcome to a hundred hey. steps to drag. Oh my goodness, I have a special guest today on the podcast where you can find out how this beautiful guest gets to go where they are right now. I'm Natasha Hundreds, and that beautiful voice you heard is my guest today. We host superstar, drag queen legend, Layla Amor. <laughs> hey, hi everyone. <laughs> Layla, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Oh my God, this is a pleasure. Such a joyful pleasure to be here with you. I just love hanging out with you. It's just such a fun moment when you like, I, we, I get to the gig and you're there getting ready and we just start talking I, and I, I can't wait. For this right i can't ha- i can't wait to have you back in january so we're definitely gonna kiki soon so down i'm so down how's your week been we're pretty much in the middle of the week today's my day off so yesterday was my karaoke um uh, it's kind of it's okay it's good i needed the today off um last week i was really busy i had like a full friday uh thursday friday saturday sunday gig non-stop it was just a lot a lot of work girl a lot of work so, Which is good. Oh, yeah, definitely blessed. First time, let me just say how blessed I am. I'm very blessed for all the opportunities that I have. But we also need to make sure that we're giving ourselves breaks. You know, we're not overworking ourselves. So That is very important. I'm glad. It's good. So far, I feel rejuvenated, uh, recharged. I feel back in the spirit. So I'm good. I'm ready for tomorrow's show. Yes. What do you usually do on your days off? Because drag is your full-time job, Girl. right? <laughs> yes, drag is my full-time job. Usually during the day, I always just like make sure I clean my house. I have a dog. I have a pug. Her name is Zara. So I take her for her walk. So we go for a daily walk. So that's pretty much what I do. I've been trying to get to the gym, but it's just been, you know. <laughs> you know what? It's the end of the, the year. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's the end of the year. And she's like, oh, I'm not know if I'm ready for that. No, we'll start back in January. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> right. And it's funny because where I live, there's like a gym literally downstairs, like 200 feet from my apartment, and I still don't go. <laughs> oh my gosh, girl! I would, I mean, I would at least try. No, I live in um, I live in an area where it's not like I don't have like a gym close, so I actually have to get up and go. I love being at home. Like when I'm off work, I like being at home. In the nighttime, because I'm usually up in the nighttime, so that's when I'll go and I'll go check out other shows and support other other shows for the other queens. So, yeah. Usually, when I'm booked a lot, my legs are so sore, my body is right. tired. So oh. I'm like, oh, going to the gym next day is hard. It's difficult. Oh my god, that part. That's why I'm like, that's what's keeping me from going to the gym because I'm like, I've already started. Like my body's a little sore from all week last week. So I'm like, oh, I know I need to keep it going. Because, you know, they say soreness is better. helps your body. But at the same time, I'm like, bitch, I am tired, girl. I'm tired. (laughs) It's a struggle. Oh, my God. Today, we're going to be talking about hosting a drag show. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. I think it's really important. (laughs) Because it's a skill that not a lot of people have. And it's something that you can really squeeze every drop out of it. Let me just tell you, though, I used to be scared of talking in public in front of people. And I one time when I was younger and like um, in elementary, I ran for like ASB or something. And I was nervous. I had to give a speech. And I was like, there's no way. I was like shaking. And I cried after because I was just so nervous. But it's weird how crazy is that like, I'm hosting shows and I love it. It just makes me thrive. It's this like feeling of 
I guess being on a, in a cloud or on a high, you just forget everything in your whole entire world and your focus is you and these people. And you're ta I talk to them like they're my friends or like I know these people for a long time. So I just, I just feel like I feel some kind of connection with the crowd, you know? I don't know. I, that's how I feel now. But before, I would be so nervous. And there's no way. But I still get, I guess I, I still get nervous before the show. I get a little anxiety. And that's a good thing, you know, because that means that you truly care about how everything's going to turn out. But it's funny that you mentioned that you did not like speaking in public because I could never tell that you <laughs> had a fear about that. You're so confident. You're so funny. How did you go about <laughs> overcoming that? You know, I just think of just jumping into it, just doing it, just doing it and finding um, finding my way to just look at these people as your friends or look at them as like, you're just going to just hang out with some people and not think about like the bigger picture of like, oh my God, a hundred eyes on me. And if I fuck up, they're going to, you know, I, I guess what I would think about before was a lot of my insecurities. Like I have an underbite. There's things about my underbite that I absolutely hate. And I have a lisp and, you know, I had ate myself up alive just for all my insecurities. And I had to overcome my own insecurities to think, you know what? I'm going to be me. Layla's going to be her. And she's just going to take over and just be that spirit that people want to see, you know? And when I am Layla, like she's, just a powerful in individual she just knows what she wants and she goes for it but that's also helped me in my boy life and helped me be more comfortable with myself because first it was like becoming someone else then it was like you can do this you got this she's she's a bad bitch <laughs> and then that also triggered to like me as gabriel you know be more confident and it's okay because people love you no matter what and if they don't it's just drag it's just drag it's just drag. <laughs> it's just drag, baby. Or on a weekday sometimes. Like, come on. Come on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I love that because you're absolutely right. Some of these things that you develop as a drag artist can truly translate to your regular life. Absolutely. At the beginning, I was very that. I was very much like, oh my gosh, Natasha is so different from Raul. But now when I realize that some of these things are, it's actually in me. It, all of it is like so much easier to translate into like being more confident, being more talkative. <laughs> I love that. So it used to be like Gabriel used to be like this big party animal. Like I used to like to party a lot. And like, I used to be like the core of my friends where, you know, I, I don't know, like I was just more of like a hype man, kind of like get my friends going, let's drink. Let's, like I would buy everybody rounds of drinks and I didn't care. Like I was just real, real energetic when I'm in my younger days. And I really channeled that energy into Layla and use that energy when I host and stuff. So when I channeled that energy into Layla, it's also showed me that it's okay to be a normal person as Gabriel. And I don't have to feel like I need to be all this extra when it's all it's already in Layla. Layla's all of that. And that's why I think where I get my confidence from and the ability to like just feel like people are my friends or like, this is my group here today. Everybody that's sitting down in my audience is my group. And we're just going to have a great time today. And I'm hosting like a dinner or I'm hosting a party. That's kind of how I look at it. I love your take on it. My audience are my friends because I feel like that gives it more of a warm feeling to, to the people on your show. And also I've seen a lot of girls, a lot of hostesses being 
mean to the audience, which can work sometimes. <laughs> sometimes the audience goes to the show to be read for Phil. They like that. Yeah. They like that. They love that. But see, here's the thing. I, you know, once in a while, some of them who come to my show know I could read a bitch to when it needs to be, but just like your friends, just like your friends or family, there's always the one or two bitches in, in your group of circle and your family that is just annoying and it's just a bit much and they want all the center of attention when it's not their time, sweetheart. It's not their time. So you gotta, you gotta let them know that, you know, baby, have a seat or you're going to be read. <laughs> several seats, please. Oh, my gosh. Have several seats. <laughs> and again, it still goes back to your friends, your group of friends or your, your family members, because almost every show, there's always the one person or the group of people. And, and you, you know, you have that in your family. You have that in your, your group of friends that it's the one friend that just is always doing the most, but you know, you just carry it and move on. You know, sometimes you can't control everything and some things get out of control. You just let them be, you know, just give up and you just move along. Truly, truly that. Do you remember the first drag show that you hosted? How was that? Yeah, actually, I was really nervous. <laughs> My first drag show that I hosted was probably at the fault line. It was probably the viewing party for RuPaul's Drag Race. I like was shaking and I was like really nervous. But I think what helped because it was very dark in the audience and I couldn't really see a lot of people. It felt more like a practice run. There wasn't a lot of people back then at the fault line. I just remember, you know, I have to make sure that I keep this crowd hyped. I love things about certain queens that I've seen in my past. I feel like been in the scene since I was 15 years old. And my first inspirations when, when I was really young is when Morgan McMichaels, Raven, Delta, Raja, even May, I think Mayhem, but I think Mayhem came a little bit after. Um, watching them as baby queens and watching them grow and, and being in the same clubs they were, um, I think that's what helped me also learn how to host a little bit. Because you take the things that you see, like, oh, I really like that about her, how her hosting is, like, fun and loud, and, like, she gets the crowd, but then you look at another queen, like you said, that just talks shit to people. It's like, oh, I don't really like too much of that. You know, a little bit of that's cool, but not too much for me, you know? So I remember just taking that, those moments, and just trying to put that into my my very first show, just wanting to be excited, trying to get the crowd back involved and repeat after me kind of stuff. And it went well. I mean, obviously they asked me back, so <laughs> I think it went pretty well. Um, I just remember being really nervous and then I got comfortable like in the middle of it. And then I was just, I remember being on this like high, this cloud of like, oh my God, I, I hosted my first show. Like it was great. They want me back. So you know, um, the fault line, you know, had me back every week or every other week after that. So it was kind of, we rotated the girls then. And I think that it really helped set me up for Hammerder Mary's. Now that I'm at Hammerder Mary's West Hollywood, mainly because it gave me the practice to be the big host that I have to host now for right. these big shows. No, absolutely. Is there anything you would have done differently now that you look back at that first drag show that you hosted at fault line? I think that... I could have just been more more comfortable. Like, I, I didn't need to beat myself up in the head about a lot of the, the dumb stuff, like being nervous or fumbling my words. You know, just could have just laughed it off, you know? Because I'm very hard on myself. I'm a very hard worker. So, like, when I don't get something right, I, like, I beat myself up. Like, fuck, you could have done it better. Like, girl, you should have just did this. Or you should have, you know? 
in my head. So that's why the next time it always gets a little bit better. But I think if I, I should have just let myself just have fun with it more in the beginning. Yes, it's important to have fun because, again, if you have fun, the audience is going to have fun with you. So Absolutely. important. Absolutely. And here's the thing, too, is that, like, when I host now, I could be having the worst day or, like, the worst morning or whatever. And as soon as I hit the stage and the music starts, everything just goes away. And then I'm, I'm like, fun time. And I just have such a good time. And it changes my whole attitude for the rest of the night. Such a good point. The other day I was, I got there for brunch to host brunch and I was finishing my face. It was such a rough week overall. Like I was doing my makeup and my mirror broke. It was a, a mess, oh, a fucking hot mess. And then one of the servers comes around and he's like, you seem like you need a hug. And he just hugged me. He's like, I don't know what's going on, but I feel like your energy's off. But like, you're here, baby. Like, we love you here. Just have a, a, a good time. And I'm like, you're so fucking right. You're so motherfucking right. So I just went there and like, it went great. I just, it, it helped so much. It was like therapy, truly. Right. No, absolutely agree. You know, sometimes I think a lot of people don't understand, like maybe the crowd don't understand that they help us as much as we help them. You know, by them cheering for us or by them being excited to be at the show or just being there and being like watching us it makes you feel better right it just you feel some kind of connection with them and or they want to connect with you you want to connect with somebody or something and it fulfills that energy that gives you that dopamine that we need you know yeah the crowd is super important sometimes they are paying attention but they're not so much participating if you will and that's always right. like and that's oh, i love that they're paying attention but it's even better when they when they participate and cheer and you know any clap or whatever because sometimes it's more like theater <laughs> when they're just like laying yeah. back and be like okay <laughs> and yeah, which, yeah, it's absolutely. great but i love even more when they participate and you know sometimes like people like think that when a crowd's small like it might be like the worst show but let me tell you lately i've had some really small crowds but they've been pretty mighty like loud and they've been so participated like you know and sometimes it's a little different or it gets a little weird when they're just crowd small and they're all just staring at you and they're not paying attention so my job i feel like when i feel that out i'm like what can i do to make them laugh or what can i do to make them scream or like do i need to connect with them more do i need to go over to their table and talk to them like i think that i'm pretty good at reading the room or reading the, the crowd on what they want then I re relay that over to the girls, like, you know, the queens, like, hey, this is what they want. They don't want just lip sync. They want maybe more dancing or, you know, they don't really care about the dancing. They want some, like, old school stuff or, like, you know, I can tell that they're a little bit older crowd or they're a younger crowd or they're a crowd that needs more energy. So give them a little bit more. I think that goes really well into my next question. That is, what do you think is the number one skill to make a good host for a drag show? You just said that you're really good at reading the room. And I love that. It's truly necessary to read the room, right? Because all audiences are going to be different. But what do you think is yeah. another handful of skills that would make a good drag host? I would say reading the room, um, knowing your audience. I feel like that's the major key is knowing your audience. And the ability to change it up. If you have the control to change it up, change it up. Some queens are stuck on just doing their certain numbers, you know, because we, we have to prepare for what numbers we're going to do. But sometimes it's good to have a backup, have a backup 
dress, have a backup song, because every show is different. And if you do your research on what event you're going to do, what, what booking you're going to, do your research and find out what kind of club is it? What kind of bar is it? What kind of event is it? Are they old people? Are they young people? What do you think they want to see more of? And that's why, for me, I like to be a little bit um, versatile with things with, okay, I have a 90s mix for the older crowd. I have um, my big girl mix for, for my body positivity. And then I have a glam mix for the people that just want to see like all the sparkle stuff, you know? And the other thing is being able to laugh at yourself. Laugh at yourself and laugh with the crowd. Those are big things about being a host because you got to be able to, they, you know, they want to laugh. They want to, they want to have a good time, you know, they, and you can also add a serious moment in there to give them a little bit of a round of emotions. You know, I think that that's what makes people come back. It makes people connect. And also connecting with your audience, connecting, walking over to them if you're able to, and just put your hand on their shoulder or giving them a wink or touching their hand as you grab your your tip, you know, hold it for a second and let them know that you see them. Thank you for the dollar that they're giving you because it could be their last dollar. So I think those are really big keys to like hosting and, and performing. Oh, you're so spot on on all of those, especially the one about the money, <laughs> because the amount of times that I've seen performers just like, like snatch a dollar out of my hand and out of everyone's hand i'm like okay <laughs> for the most part it's just like newer performers that are kind of like you know getting comfortable on stage and it's natural and it's the nerves but it's so much better i love 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 when someone just takes the dollar out of my hand with like the most calm and like i've seen like evander vonad do this i've seen uh landon cider i've seen so many entertainers do this and it's just the best feeling ever it just makes me feel like so good and when you're just, having a like, moment Yes, it's a moment. moment. Yes, and people want to feel that. You know, I have my competition show every Sunday. Well, I tell the performers to, to connect with all the, the people, right? So part of the rules is, do they know their lyrics? Are they connecting with the audience? And are they giving you what needs to be done? Those are my three rules, like, for the audience to judge the, the performers. And part of that connecting with the audience is grabbing those dollars, but in the best way possible. You don't have to do it to every person, but every other person or every two people or whatever, letting them know whoever's giving you a dollar, you see them, a wink, a nod, a thank you in between your lyrics. Like, you know, it's okay to miss a couple of lyrics and say thank you. Give them a little eye contact for one second, you know, means that can go a long way. And they could be a fan for you for life. Truly, you know? truly. And so, like you said, I love that as when I used to go to drag shows, like, I would love to see these queens like just grab my dollar really nicely or or even grab my dollar and then turn back and look at me and say a little nod or a little wink like oh my god yes thank you you know but my biggest pet peeve is when I see my queens or queens just grab dollars I'm just grabbing dollars and I feel like you're missing the whole point of the drag show you're here to just grab your dollar and run and it's not about that like and i know sometimes people just get in their head about just performing and they gotta hit their mark or they gotta hit that that one turn or that one shablam or that split well maybe you should move that split back a little bit and that's what i mean by being a little bit more versatile and knowing your audience it's okay to like hit that split at that time or that that move at that time you can do it later you know the audience don't know that 
you only you know that. Yes. And I think that goes also well with hosting because I think that one of the biggest skills, in my opinion, to be a good host is roll with the punches is and not to be yeah. like over prepared. Because I feel like yeah. if you over prepare it, it's almost like a monologue sometimes. I've seen you know hosts <laughs> do this. And I'm like, mm, I don't know how I feel. In my head, what makes a good host is like, girl, you're laughing because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I'm laughing because I know exactly what she's talking about. <laughs> I love when hostess have like a handful of jokes under their belt, and then whenever something happens, they bring you know like something from the audience. Let's say there's a bachelorette, and they bring him over, and they have a moment, and then they go back to like the jokes that they have on their belt. So prepare a little bit. Don't go there and just uh, stand there and expect to improv everything, but don't right. over prepare. I would say it's my advice. There's many queens that um, hostess that have their set already set out. They have their opening, middle, closing, and that's what they do. You know, it works. It works for some places, you know. And I think that as drag is being kind of oversaturated right now and the way drag, a lot of people are coming to a lot of drag shows. And, you know, I think that you still have to be able to come up with shit on the fly. <laughs> yeah. Saying it real. There's certain things that you can have set, like kind of how you open, you know, what your rules are, and maybe what you go into, or however. Because I have my set things, but I also like to talk shit in between. I like to like play with the crowd. You'll see some things the same, but then for me, there's things that you will not like. It'll just happen because that's what's happening today. Again, that goes back to being versatile, being able to roll with the punches, you know, bend, knowing your crowd. Same. No, I like that too, because when I host, I do have some things that I have said, like, you know, like the rules, maybe like what I say at the end, etc. But I like go a lot with the crowd's energy and what's going on there and what are they doing? What are they from? I love getting to know them. I love the brunch at, at, at Beach Garden in Long Beach because we have a moment uh, where we play an, a game with the audience. And that's my favorite part because I get to know the audience. I get to play with them. We get to laugh. It's it's the best. I love that. I love getting to know the audience. So especially when it's their birthday, I like to see, you know, oh, who has a birthday? So I walk around. What's your name? Okay, cool. Hey, so-and-so. Where are you from? Where do you live? And then I'll make a comment on where, they, where they're from or where they live. So it lets them know that I know where you're from and I know what kind of happens in that area, you know? I mean, there's places that I have no idea what they say. And I'm like, girl, where is that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Like, I'm just kidding. No, but, you know, it's one of those things like, what? Like, who even lives there? <laughs> I love when they're from, like, a remote area, like, I don't know, Modesto or something. And I'm like, okay, well, this is electricity. <laughs> Yeah, oh like, you just make little comments like that, like, oh, my God, that sounds like in the middle of nowhere. Is there yeah. hillbillies there? Do they have the Amish that live there? Just uh. <laughs> <laughs> just my point to make sure that being versatile, making everybody in the crowd feel good. Um, and even some, like, the men. There's a lot of straight men that come with their, their wives or their girlfriends and just drag there because there's a party. I like to go over them and make them feel a little uncomfortable, but letting them know it's okay, I see you, you know? You got to play with them a little bit because, I mean, if they cannot have fun at your show, then they shouldn't be there. Exactly. Exactly. Every time that I see straight men in the audience, I also do like a little bit of a joke, you know, about straight men. Like, I don't trust them. Or, <laughs> and when I say I don't trust any straight man, like all the girls are like, yeah, me too. I'm like, yep, you'll see, you know, you'll see why. Oh, I love that. So, Leila, <laughs> you have several nights that you host. So I am sure you have some 
maybe chaotic stories that have happened at some shows. Do you have any that you oh, would like shit. to share at the top of your mind? <laughs> you know, I there's been a there's been a quite a few experiences. I'm gonna save the best for last, and it's it's kind of horrible. But one of the times during my show, I had a guy get up and open up the napkin container and throw half of those napkins at the queen. And he thought he was making it rain on her. They were like, oh my God, he threw a bunch of napkins at her. And I'm like, what? And I'm upstairs getting changed. And I'm like, what the? And I'm like, oh my God, no, 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 no. So like, I'm hurrying up and trying to put on my the rest of my stuff so I can go downstairs. Before her number was done, I go down there and I'm like, Hold on, everybody. Let me just stop the show right now. This is what's not going to happen. I made that gentleman, that man, I shouldn't even say gentleman, that man, tell the queen sorry. And he's still trying to come up with an excuse like he didn't know. And I'm like, you do not throw napkins. Napkins are trash. Napkins is what you wipe your your dirty hands with. And you're going to throw that all over the queen. Unless they're dollar bills, you should be throwing nothing at the queen that's drag etiquette and i don't know what possessed him to do that or what he thought was going to be fun then after the show i went over to the table and i was like hey guys i'm you know i'm sorry to put him on blast like that but that's just an absolutely no and it's very offending to all to all my performance and i and i can't have that here you know and they still try to like one older gay man was like i've never been to a show i've been a part of the community for 40 years and i'm like that's fine sir but you're at my show and that's what's not gonna happen at my show you're not gonna throw napkins and plus you're dirtying my floor i said are you guys gonna pick this up no you guys aren't gonna pay the staff to pick it up either so it was just a horrible experience um but you know i had a i had to be like okay well that's enough and i walked away you know, just to let them know that it's not okay and they need to make sure that it won't happen again at yeah. another show. And then I had two more stories. One time, and it was recent, there were four older ladies were in the audience. And, you know, when, when it comes to older, the older crowd, I try to be more respectful and I try not to talk about, you know, second dick or, you know, being mm-hmm. extra, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I said something to them. One of the ladies was kind of being rude. And I called her a school teacher. I was like, oh, you remind me of a school teacher or something. And she got offended. And then the girl that was across from her, they look like Frankie and Grace on the Netflix show, Frankie and Grace. The, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it's Frankie and Grace. Like, and She got super mad. She told the manager about me. And I, you know, I go over to apologize. And I was like, you know, I'm sorry if you're offended, but this is just a drag show. I didn't call you out your name. I didn't say anything about your age. I called you a school teacher. And I called you Frankie and Grace because you two resemble them. It's just drag. It's just part of the show. And they just kept telling me I was inappropriate. And I was like, well, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm sorry. This is the gay Chuck E. Cheese. And I don't know what to tell you, but I usually get more rude than this. I'm here to have fun. And I apologize if you take it that way. But it was something I said bad. And they were just so worked up over Frank. I'm like, Frankie Ray's show was good. Like, <laughs> it's Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. I mean, come on. Yeah. If someone's comparing me to them, I'll take that as a compliment at any gay right. Chuck E. Cheese oh, ever. <laughs> and one of them was like, I have a transgendered husband, and da, 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 da. My, my child is non binary. And I'm like, that's fine, sweetheart. But I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I didn't tell you nothing mean. I wasn't mean. The craziest situation i've had was 
there was a uh, I want to say gay man, a gay man, you know, maybe in his like thirties ish. Um, he was really drunk. He had a lot to drink during my show, and I think I asked him a couple times to sit down, and then. He had made some comments and he had stood up. I don't know if he was waiting for the bathroom, but he had stood up and I was on stage and I was talking and he's trying to say some things to me. And, you know, I'm going to come back very smart right back at him. And I said some things back to him and the crowd was laughing at him and he got really upset and he came charging after me, was ready to hit me. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> yes, he came on stage and tried to hit me and tried to... And he was like, I'm going to fuck you up and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, Jesus. I was like, listen, it's just for fun. You're the one getting crazy. So we had to, like, escort him out. And the I guess the husband or his boyfriend, whoever he was with, they ended up getting into a fight outside. And it was just so messy. Yeah, the cops were called. Like He didn't hit me, but he came charging after me. And, like, in front of the whole crowd. And you have to, like, quickly think on your feet because everybody's watching you and this is going crazy. And then you have to turn that negativity into positivity, like, immediately. Because if you don't, you're going to lose everybody. So all I could think about was, like, this is not happening. Can we get this man out of here? And then I just quickly had to jump into a joke. Oh, my God. It was, that was the most craziest time, I think, that I've been hosting because not only was the guy getting crazy, I almost got hit, but having to think so fast and had to hurry up and change that energy and dynamic so fast, you know, stressed me out. And then just learned to laugh about it because, again, it's just drag. It's just drag and this is what happens. <laughs> I mean, yes, I almost got assaulted in front of a crowd, but it's drag. Oh, my God. People, if you have issues, please resolve them at home and not at the drag please. show. Honey, <laughs> oh my God. But oh, not try to hit you in front of everybody. Clearly he had a little yeah. too much to drink. He really came on stage, got up, and was trying to come and get me. And that was the wild that was wild for me. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening right now. But you know, I kept my calm cool and try to just think of ways to switch it up and and it, but at the end of the day everybody was happy with the show they laughed and and then again i tell the crowd ladies and gentlemen it is just drag <laughs> it truly is just drag i'm just a man in a wig it's, come it, on it's, it's, it's yeah and, you know this is not rocket science this isn't you know not doing brain surgery it's all about having fun and the moment that we can still have fun and spread love hey you know that's what we're here for it just truly shows how important and how hard it is to host because you truly have to learn how to switch that energy around in the room. Like you just said, you know, if you would have not done that, you could have just lost the entire crowd right then and there. And the show could have been right. just in shambles. But I love that you like, yeah. knew how to turn it around, that you knew what to do. And it just comes with practice, you know, because I truly, I don't know what I would have done if something like that happens to me right now. It's hard. Hosting is fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then there's people that's gonna talk shit to you. There's people that are gonna be rude to you and you can't take that personal. You can't take that home. You just have to literally just as a host, just take it for what it is. And you know, things like that, like him trying to hit me, or the ladies that were the older ladies that got offended, or um the guy who threw the napkins in their whole table. Like you just take those as learning lessons and you move forward for that. So I try to like let people know during my show. This is just drag. We're here to have fun. I also do say sometimes, like, 
you know, we're not at a petting zoo. We're not going to chase your dollar or you don't need to throw napkins at us. You know, just so like, just in case whoever wants to do those things or where these people are learning these things from that it's not okay to do that at my show or yeah. anywhere else. No, yeah, just in case they had like that idea on the back of their head, like right. no base, right. please don't. <laughs> Yeah, I just picture you know, the guy of the they... napkins, like being like, oh, yeah. grabbing the napkins and be like, oh no, she mentioned not to do this. <laughs> I mean, the chasing of the dollars is also crazy to me. Like, I don't know where these these people get the idea that they hold the dollar up and they move their dollar around. Like, we have to chase their dollar so they can have like ten more minutes or ten some more seconds of attention on them. I hate that. I that's my worst pet peeve of an audience, and I've seen so many <laughs> videos of people doing that at drag shows. I'm like, exactly. Where did this come from? Like, where did this idea of like playing around with a drag queen came from? I have no idea, but that's why I tell them we're not at the petting zoo. <laughs> we're, not. we're not at the pet. You're not gonna chase the dollar. It's not food. You're not gonna. You know, no, ma'am. I'll go ahead and move on. I'll go ahead and move on. Your dollar's not that important. I'm here to have a good time, not feel like you're making fun of me, that I'm, you're holding a carrot in front of me. I don't know. Nobody needs that. It's at some point even like humiliating because you're right. It almost feels like, yes. hey, over here, over here. It's like a dog. Oh, I'm yeah. like, I'm not an animal. Like when, <laughs> when that happens to me at shows, I'm just like, oh, I'm so annoyed. I walk away and I don't pay <laughs> attention to that table for the rest of the show. And I'll go back and tell my cast, hey, this table right here is doing that. Don't mind them. That's what I usually do. Like I said, I, I usually communicate with my cast and let them know what's going on. Like if a table's being a little bit crazy or like they're not paying attention in that corner, just know that they're not, you know, you guys can go ahead and move on or whatever, you know. So um, I think that's also important as the host. If you're not communicating with your cast and letting them know what's kind of what's to look forward to. I like to go first in the lineup. So I kind of take the hit of like seeing where everything's at, what everybody's, how everybody is, how they're reacting to the, to the show. So the, the, the rest of the cast can know, okay, this is what's happening. Okay, we're good to go. You know, usually the second person is kind of watching me do it. And because they're usually ready, so they know, okay, they're not good over here, they're good there, or you know, they're really fun at that table, so spend a little bit more time at that fun table. Yes. You know? So, yeah, I loved your stories. I knew you were going to have good <laughs> stories, but you truly blew it out of the park. <laughs> I wasn't ready, especially for the last one. <laughs> I told you, I was saying the best for last. I mean, listen. There's no excuse to hit a queen. There's no excuse to hit another individual. I spread nothing but love during my shows and with everybody else, you know. And that man is just super out of control. But that also shows that, like, it's okay to have fun at a show. It's okay to get drunk at a show, but also know your limits. Also know, like, any other bar, girl, don't overdo it. Calm your tits a little bit and enjoy the dinner and the show. Whether you're at a bar, a club, an event, at Mary's, like, a, you know... You, you should still always drink in, in moderation. Responsibly, yes. Responsibly, yes. yes. If that third or fourth or fifth vodka soda is sounding or it's tasting like calling your ex, you should probably stop there. You should probably, <laughs> just saying, just saying. Stop, stop right there, baby. Get some you water. You can't remember what's going on or you can't stand up, baby. You, got, you are definitely need to go home. Call your Uber. <laughs> Call your Uber and have your DD take you home. We talked about hosting for a long time, but now I want to get to know a little bit more about you. I don't know a whole lot about your drag career, but how long have you been doing drag? 
I want to say I've been doing drag for like seven years now. Actually, I started, like I told you earlier, like kind of gives you a, a pre. When I was like 15, 16, I, I saw like Morgan and, and Raven and Rajan on them at the clubs and when they were just getting started. So by my senior year, when I turned 18, and for Halloween, I decided I want to try this. I didn't, my parents didn't know back then. I mean, I think that's right before I came out to them. Um, and I had got a bunch of stuff together. Um, I borrowed like my friend's sister's skirt and I don't know, a halter top. And I got a wig from the drama club and I bought some shoes at Payless. And me and my friends, I convinced my straight friends to do it with me. And the reaction that I got my senior year was amazing was amazing. It was, I stopped the whole entire school. The, I even got called to the principal's office. I thought I was going to get in trouble. He was like, I thought he was going to call my mom. Like, But they, they just wanted a picture with me. So I started then, and I absolutely loved it. And then I would do just Halloween, and sometimes out of Halloween, just going to the club, club arena, club circus, like every now and then. <laughs> in drag. Um, I guess I was like a look queen. I would just come out and just be turning looks, you know, I just wanted to feel the fantasy. So I did that for many years. I wasn't ready to become an actual like real drag queen. Because back then the staple was like, if you were a drag queen, you could not get men or guys. Yeah. Guys, gay guys did not want to be with the drag queen for some reason back, back in the day. So I was like, nope, I'm not giving up men. For drag. <laughs> I love my man. I'm sorry. And I cannot I, live without that. Because I, I got offered to host at Arena one night. They had saw me in drag, and they they know that I was like a, like a person, you know, like my personality is. I talk to everybody, and they were like, bitch, you should host here at the Arena. Like, we'll let you host tonight. And I was like, no, no, because that's all I need is that one time getting on that stage and them seeing me that way. Like, I don't regret it. I just wish I would have took that opportunity and I would have been on a whole other level in my drag now. I think that I could be where I want to be. Unfortunately, things happen the way they happen. But professionally, I've been doing it for seven years. I started with the House of Star doing their New Queens on the Block. So I kind of started from there and then fell in love with performing on stage and in drag. Um, that was my very first performance with uh, Samantha Starr and the House of Star for New Queens on the Block. Um, and I was just got so inspired of the feeling of performing, connecting. I, I put so much effort into it and I did very well, but I unfortunately I didn't win the contest. But, you know, it's, it was all about an experience. So, And then from then, i just been moving and jumping from show to show, contest, I mean, um, competition, competition, you know, just kind of getting around. It's true because I feel like drag back then, it wasn't popular. Now, you know, it's so mainstream thanks to Drag Race. And you make it such a good point. Like, guys did not want to date a drag queen. Like, even then, I think I've said it before on the podcast, like, in my previous relationship, I wanted to, like, start playing around with makeup and with drag. And my ex was like, nope, not going to happen. And I was not like, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't do it until, like, I got it with my now husband. And he's been nothing but supportive. He bought me my first set of brushes. Um, that I ever uh, used. <laughs> I know. it's It's been a wild ride, both for you and me. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. You know, I think that, like, you just got to embrace and just own and be who yourself, be yourself. Don't worry about what other people want or think. It's going to come to you. I work really hard. A lot of people don't understand. I work really hard to be at Hamburger Mary's. I got connected with Wendy Ho. I, I always tell everybody, I thank Wendy Ho for giving me the opportunity to do her once a month spot. And I went from that to, to like stage managing. 
I was stage managing and working once a month for her. Then I was stage managing in drag on top of like performing. It was crazy. I let people see my drag. I let people see like that I'm trustworthy, that I can do it, that I'm, you know, I can perform, you know? And I think because of that, I kind of proved myself and being everywhere else as well, doing double shows and just working really hard. But I'm also so blessed to have Monistat as my mother. I'm so blessed to have her because she's also showed me some things of like, girl, calm down, slow down a little bit, take more time on your face. Also, like, because I'm so nice, I guess I could be gullible or like trusting everybody. And she's like, Katie, like, chill out. Like, you just have to watch who you're talking to or hanging out with. And don't forget, you have an image now that you have to uphold as a drag queen. We have images to uphold in the community and like people are always looking at you. And, you know, once they see a drag queen doing all these bad things, you're, you're marked as that, you know, and what kind of queen do you want to be? What kind of queen do you want to be known as, you know? And for me, I just, I want to be known as like a fun queen, a loving queen, like an auntie. Like I want to be known as like an auntie queen. Like Philip, like you can trust me or we can hang out and be cool, you know, and have a great time. Honestly, I feel like you're thriving at that because that's exactly the image that I have of you in my head when I think of Layla Moore. I'm like, <laughs> she's my tia. She is, you know, my drag auntie. And like, especially when yes, I, 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 I was love at, that. <laughs> when I was at your show and like, I think it was my birthday weekend and you give me like a fried Twinkie with the ice cream and everything. And y'all sang happy birthday for me at the end. I was like, oh my God, I was truly not expecting that. I was like, oh, thank you. That was so, so sweet. Well, I mean, as much as the crowd needs to feel like they're special, so do we. You guys, as you know, at my shows, I want all my my performers to feel comfortable and feel special, you know. And you, you're definitely special. You're definitely thriving. I love where you're going. I love that you're you're taking all these opportunities to do you, like you know, your TikTok. Then it moves down to your podcast. You are fucking doing it, and I'm so happy for you. You're giving me motivation to do more with what I have. Stop. You're motivating me because like now after this conversation, I want to go and perform somewhere. I'm like, um, any tech <laughs> spots for tonight, girls? Like, I need to go out there. I need to be on a stage right now. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, my God. And that's the thing, too, is like it's hard for me to always go out and support some of the shows. But when I'm there, I love to see some of my new queens thrive i love to see my sisters just go out there and kill it and show the crowd like this is the way it's done i love to see like you know my sisters showing the newer queens like girls this is how we do it like i love to see the community supporting the community that is very important whenever i can i try and go in and support the shows because it's just a, a different energy when you're on the other side and you see the queens and the community support you you're like oh my gosh they're here and that gets you even more excited to do the things and to perform and to do a great job. So I try to right. And I think it also, I think it also gives you ideas for like your next show or what. If you pay attention, it should motivate you. It should give you ideas to a new song, a new costume, a new something for your drag. Every time I go to a show, I'm like, oh, a new idea. Or, oh, you know, that was so good. What could I do differently than that? I mean, right. there's thousands of millions of songs out there, but, you know, we want to say what's new. We all kind of do some of the same songs in some, uh, some type of way or have that song in my mix of some sort. But how can you make it different? How could you set yourself aside? You know, yes. that's why... Also, I like going to the shows and supporting because I get ideas as well. 
What is next for Leila Moore? I ask all my guests this. So what <laughs> is your ultimate goal for drag? Like where you want to be in your career? And what are your some of your short-term goals for drag? Well, my ultimate goal, it took me a while to kind of figure out what I want to do. I really found my niche in drag. Like, this is my happiest I've ever been mentally, like health-wise, like work-wise. Like this is where I, I, I love to be. My ultimate goal is to open up my own drag bar restaurant as well, wherever I may be at the time. But I do want to open up one like that and have my own bar club. I want to be able to create an opportunity for new and older queens at the same time. I see the way West Hollywood works. I see the way LA works. I would love to change some of the, the ways that things work a little bit on the way I think that it could work. Um, so I would love to have that. It's my end goal to be uh, like an owner of some sort and also performer. I still want to perform. So short-term goals, I do want to become a brunchette. Eventually, I just I, I want to be able to just become a, a full-time brunchette, work two days a week at Mary's or wherever. I mean, my goal right now, the short-term would be Mary's for a brunchette two days a week and make the money and not really... I will have the opportunity to work when I wanted to work during the week because I feel like brunches, we make the most money at brunches because there's more people that come to the brunch shows than they do during the night shows during the week. Most people work. So um, that's my short term goals for now. Thank you, Dylan Jules. If you're listening to this, you're. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. You know, if you're listening by any chance, you know, yeah, you can put Layla on, also, on top of the wait list. You know, I- I would feel like I would be graduating from like a night show to brunches and I would love to give somebody else the opportunity to host on a Thursday or host on a Tuesday. You know, I have a couple of sisters that I have that have had shows before, you know, they're just hungry, just like I am. And they want the opportunity that I, that I have, you know, and I, and I feel like they're worthy of it, but I also love what I have now. <laughs> I'm not gonna yes. lie. I, love, I love that I'm blessed to have what I have now, but if I could work two days a week and, have the rest of the week to work on other projects as such podcasting things and maybe working on um, hair or something um it's just right now it's just a little harder for me because i work tuesday for karaoke thursday thursdays fridays i'm at pumped or i'm, I'm around some around fridays saturdays i'm on open book so i never know where i'm gonna land on a saturday and then sundays i either have brunch shows or i have my night show at hamburger mary's yeah booked and blessed honey i love that <laughs> oh and and mondays it's something that i do uh mondays i i do what's called musical theater night it's called musical mondays at, at the chapel at, at abbey chapel in west hollywood um where i don't do drag but i perform as a performer as a theater kid all theater all night from eight to ten i perform we do the musical number in an improv manner and we make it funny and that's kind of how I started really getting on stage as a queen is because of my musical Mondays. So I, every Monday I do that. It's so much fun because it also lets me to let my hair down. It lets me to just be myself and enjoy performing without all the makeup and the hair and all of that. Oh, performing with all that is a lot. So that's fun. And that's great that you have a chance to do that. auto <laughs> drag <laughs> and explore your yeah, musical no, no, theater no. background and everything. No, definitely. There's drag and that's fun. But there's also like this other side of performing that you get, I get to just enjoy the performing part, you know? Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Well, Leila, that's all the time that we have. Oh my gosh, this hour oh flew by that went so, so quick. I know. <laughs> this was lovely. I loved, 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 loved having you here. Please tell everybody <laughs> where they you. can find you on social media. Yes, you can find me on my Instagram at Layla, L-A-Y-L-A-H dot Amor, A-M-O-R. You can find me on my TikTok at Layla Amor, L-A-Y-L-A-H-A-M-O-R. And yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. I'm usually just on all oh, Facebook, Layla Amor as well. Um, don't forget the age like Mariah. I <laughs> tell everybody, Layla with an age like Mariah Amor. Yeah. And you want to see her hosting as you can tell she's funny she's witty she's gonna have, make you feel special you don't want to miss <laughs> miss Layla. yes you don't want to miss me i want to make sure you have fun and have a good time i'd love to see all of you guys there sometime and if you guys are there from here from the podcast please let me know and i would love to spend a little bit more time with you thank you for listening to a hundred steps to drag if you like my podcast please leave me a review if you didn't like it, um, you can keep that for yourself. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.